So before we get started, our vice chair, or our chair is not here, so you will need to elect a chair to lead as the vice seniority. And Bill Norris, who has seniority, would like to pass the baton to somebody else. I'd like to nominate. Who would you like to nominate? Greg Bigger. Second. There we go. Paul. So now we have. Do we need third? Uh, no, now you need a vote on the motion. Yeah. Oh. So who's calling the vote? Me? Well, I know yes. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> okay. yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Congratulations. And then I guess now, Chair. <laughs> so this is going to be my first time running a meeting. So just FYI on that. Um, if there are any kind of point of order clarifications or anything like that that anybody sees, please call that out for me. Uh, I, I won't be offended by it and just let me know of some kind of point of order that um, might be needed. Um, so to start off things before I uh, do a call of order, I'd like to have some housekeeping agenda. Uh, I'm going to confirm that in addition to normal publications of the adjoining <clears throat> property owners, newspaper, legal notice, and posting in uh, physical site of the Zoom video conference contact information. It was also published on the Rock <coughs> County uh, planning website and posted uh, to the meetings agenda through the county website. Uh, I would also like to confirm that the meeting is also available per Zoom and uh, looks like there's no other people on Zoom at this time. Um, to note that it is important that all commissioners, staff, petitioners, and public uh, microphones should be muted if you're on Zoom, um, unless speaking. Additionally, members of the public should have uh, their video off unless speaking, and staff will assist with managing that feature on Zoom. It's not going to be applicable, it looks like. Um, those wishing to speak, please raise your hand. And uh, between staff and myself, we'll keep track of who needs to be called on. Um, and this all applies to the Zoom uh, aspect of this. For those who are attending without video, we'll need to, uh, we'll need to interject during a lull in conversation. Um, when you are presenting, uh, there are these owls that are around right here. Those are the microphones. Um, so please, uh, if you do get called on, state your name and then um, address and kind of be near one of those owls so that the uh, microphone gets picked up. Um, those participating via phone with audio uh, only can mute and unmute, and you can do that by star six on the keypad. Uh, to raise a hand, you would press uh, star nine. Um, Anybody on computers or smartphones, video can also raise their hands um, by putting a cursor on their picture um, or just kind of wave to get our attention. Um, and then I think that addresses everything. Um, so I'd like to call order planning commission meeting for uh, April 21st, 2022. Chrissy, uh, could you do the roll call? Um, Steve Warnke, Jim DeFrancia, 
Ryan Kelly. Bill Norris. Here. Greg Baker. Here. Paul Weiss. Here. Andrew Benjamin. Linda Miller. Here. And Ren Mark. Present here. Thank you. Uh, to note, uh, also staff is here, Christy and Alan. Uh, I believe, are all four of you guys the petitioners? Yes. Okay, uh, the petitioner and representatives of the petitioners are here. And any uh, public attendees, um, video or telephone doesn't look or appear to be anybody at this time. Everybody signed in um, and put their name on there. Um, so, as of right now, I'm going to uh, have public comment. And so any members of the public that uh, wish to address the Planning Commission on items not on the agenda uh, can do so at this time. Hearing none, we'll go to the next. Um, it would be approval of the minutes. We don't have any minutes to approve for this uh, meeting. So we'll go on to um, items for consideration. And we have uh, for items for consideration today will be Humble Ranch Special Use Permit, PL 20220009. And that is a special use permit for Humble Ranch. Um, so as of right now, um, I will kind of outline procedure for uh, moving forward. Uh, Petitioner is gonna be doing a presentation and then staff will make a presentation after that. Um, from there, commissioners will ask any questions that there might be. Uh, from there, uh, we'll ask for any public comments. Then we'll close the, that public hearing part. We'll have a, the commissioners will have a discussion roundtable and then a motion and a call for vote after that. So we will let you guys start uh, with the petitioner's presentation. So they, they've got a, a video that they put together for their presentation. So here we go. Your computer shows that uh, at the bottom right, it's muted there. That will help the sound. I need to stop sharing my screen. Yeah. 
offered on this property over the past two decades. Yeah, well, if you're stuck, we can just wing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see the video. Are you going to go to the audio? I mean, that's yeah. obviously you guys put some time into it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, just an abbreviation of our narrative. And, I mean, it was, it's only three minutes. It's pretty short. Yeah. The, the issue is obviously the owl, uh, and it's all hooked up to that the controls so i think it's just a matter of the settings and thinking if we move the owl over there also oh, to pick up the speaker yeah Okay. You're the only item on here. Yeah. So. <laughs> in, the, in the meantime, you can watch our, our local government at work. <laughs> I know. <laughs> What's that? Well, we're going to have a rotation of technology in the last couple of years anyway. So. True. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> You're right. And these owls are pretty sophisticated. Any kind of change, like adding something like down the port of this, is very different. At least we're not all on so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Having this issue. Yeah. Who's doing what? <laughs> right. Humble Ranch Education and Therapy Center is a 501c3 nonprofit founded by Sherry Trousel in 2000. The program offers equine assisted therapies to individuals living with physical and cognitive limitations in the Yampa Valley. Over the years, therapeutic services expanded and the programming grew to its height, meeting the needs of over 60 children annually and hosting over 80 trained volunteers and nine staff members. Since then, the program has evolved to also offer non-mounted equine activities and workshops. Subsequent to the approval of the special use permit in 1999, substantial investment was made to the ranch compound in order to restore the old buildings to their original state. In addition, one of the four 1,200 square foot cabins was constructed under the terms I would rather not of the special use because I don't want, we have the microphones working and...
He's got eyes. Oh, you got the triggers. Looks like it's connected. Yeah. Yeah. Test. There it is. All right. I was picking it up. So. Um, that's not And we do now have the recording, so you if you do want to make any statements. Be under um, no, <laughs> Catalan gap ranching, hay, fundraisers, weddings, maintenance. <laughs> 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 
Twenty-two years ago, the founders of the Hunter Ranch believed that in order to sustain a working ranch, a nonprofit focused on community service, and a conservation protection project, it would take an assortment of fundraising endeavors in order to properly balance the budget. Cattle and gap ranching, paying, fundraisers, weddings, mainly rentals, and nonprofit community services have all occurred on this property over the past two decades. Humble Ranch Education and Therapy Center is a 501c3 nonprofit founded by Sherry Trousel in 2000. The program offers equine assisted therapies to individuals living with physical and cognitive limitations in the Yellow Valley. Over the years, therapeutic services expanded and the program grew to its height meeting the needs of over 60 children annually and hosting over 80 trained volunteers and nine staff members. Since then, the program has evolved to also offer non-mounted E5 activities and workshops. Subsequent to the approval of the special use permit in 1999, substantial investment was made to the range compound in order to restore the old buildings to their original state. In addition, one of the four 1,200 square foot cabins was constructed under the terms of the special use permit, whose permitted use included guests and nightly rentals. With the evolution of the programs over the last 22 years, renewing the nightly rental portion of the special use permit will be a crucial piece to supporting the evolving nature of the operation. Income from the special use permit activities have been historically used to continue the upkeep of an aging compound, scholarships for the clients, payments to the staff, utilities, veterinary care, retreat, and hosting facilitators and visiting professionals. Overnight use of the guest cabin, the 3,000 square foot, four bedroom, two bathroom lodge, will allow a maximum number of 14 guests at one time. Managers Jay and Shelby Trousel live on site just above the guest cabin lodge, providing on site mitigation for any significant negative impacts such as trespassing, animal control, and noise. Home Ranch Education and Therapy Center has a year round lease of the compound at a very affordable, all inclusive rate for all of its programs on a first right basis. Therefore, the nonprofit has preferential right to all buildings on the ranch compound, including guest accommodations. As agreed, Humble Ventures is responsible for improvements and maintenance to the property for the nonprofit programs, branch guests, and agricultural use. For over 20 years, this relationship with multi use has been very effective. Thank you, very informative. Um, and then is there anything else that you guys would like to add for part of your presentation? Well, I'm Jay Trouser, by the way. This is Shelby, my wife, and my parents met. Well, appreciate it. Uh, very well, very well done. Um, and so I'll just turn it over to staff uh, for their presentation part.
All right, so we are here to discuss the a one specific condition in the Humble Ranch special use permit. Um, and so we're here today to, to discuss that condition of approval, um, to discuss the planning staff's recommendations on the conditions of approval for the SUV. And then as far as process goes, since this is a special use permit, Planning Commission will be making a recommendation to the board. So the goals of the hearing tonight are to determine if the renewal of the ninth rental condition is appropriate. And we're not here to discuss any other aspects of the special use permit. The next up was approved in 1999. And there was a five-year time frame on the condition allowing the nightly rentals. And so that expired in 2004, and neither the county nor the applicants uh, uh, did anything to, to renew that uh, condition until now. So, uh, as you saw in the video there, the, the uh, range compound is close to uh, County Road 14. Um, you can see the ranch manager's cabin in portion of the site. Uh, the cabin that we're discussing right now is this cabin right here. Then there's the lodge and then the, the other structures that are part of the ranch compound. So the existing special use permit allows for several different types of activities, including special events up to six per year with the 200 person max, uh, community center and camp, equine therapy, and four cabins or nine of which only one has been constructed. Those cabins have a 1,200 square foot maximum size and they must contain a bathroom in each. When the special use permit was approved in 1999, uh, the applicants were also in the process of going to the Land Preservation Subdivision for the Agri Creek Preserve Subdivision. And as part of that, there was a 297 acre remainder parcel that was set aside with uh, no development that was allowed on, on that remaining parcel. And so the, the special, use down, special use permit boundary contains 297 acres uh, with that the, the remainder parcel, which has a building envelope on it, which the, the, the manager's house is on, the building envelope that's on the remainder parcel. There's also lot 18, which is in this southern portion where uh, the riding arena and uh, some other agricultural structures are located in. There is a building envelope on lot 18. And then there is also a special use permit building envelope that all of these uh, structures are within. And that special use permit building envelope is on the remainder parcel. Um, so a compliance summary, we have not received any complaints about this operation in the 20 plus years that it has been operating. This picture on the right-hand side is the, uh, is the lodge. This picture on the Left-hand side is the cabin that is subject to this application in front of us. And while we were 
processing and reviewing this application, we it came to our attention that two loafing sheds are outside of the building envelope on lot 18. And this was brought to the attention of the applicants and there is a condition of approval that requires them to uh, move those structures into, into the building envelope. And I think the deadline for that is October 31st of this year. So that's all I have and I'm uh, open to questions. All right, uh, commissioners, questions to either staff or petitioners? Uh, Alan, the, the other three cabins, are mm -hmm. they in the same building envelope as the existing? Yeah. They would be in the, the same building envelope. Alan, uh, for the loafing sheds, can you show those on an aerial map? And yeah. then uh, for the uh, petitioners, um, I would assume that you guys have read over condition number 30, I believe, uh, with the October 31st, 2022 uh, deadline. And you guys are comfortable with that and have no issues? Yeah, yeah we're comfortable with that. Okay. And then I have one more for staff as well. Um, if they wouldn't meet condition 30, is this just going to be an addition to the SUP that already exists? So basically, if they didn't make condition 30 with the whole use of all the SUP, not just the nightly rentals cease uh, because of that? Or is it just the nightly rentals that would uh, basically be subject to this? Uh, it would be it would be the entire building. But we we try to avoid shutting people down. We work with them to come up with a plan for compliance. And as long as it's acceptable to the county, then we would just follow that plan for compliance to um, so that it wouldn't, wouldn't threaten their uses. So in this situation, we realized that the um, there's a scarcity of labor, there's a scarcity of materials right now. And so if they showed that they were doing their due diligence to move those structures this summer, but for uh, circumstances out of their control, they aren't able to, we are certainly going to work with them to, to allow them to continue operating while they're working towards bringing it into compliance. Perfect. And then, so here, here is one of the, so this dash line is the building envelope. Here's one of the sheds right here, and then the other one down. Thank you. Lauren, I have a question yeah, that the, the, the transfer. Um, in 2004, who, I mean, who in theory should have, I mean, is the onus on the holder of the permit to have come in and renewed the nightly rental? Um, or is that something that the planning department actually proactively goes to a petitioner and says you need to renew? Or, or um, is that so far in the past we don't know? <laughs> I mean, I would say, I would say 
both of us share a bit of responsibility in that. Um, ultimately, it is the applicant's permit, and so they should be aware of the conditions that are in it and compliance with the conditions. Um, we do have a new software that can prevent this kind of stuff from happening now. So, um, and it, it's, it's actually kind of odd to have a condition of approval that has a time limit for one particular use. Because um, that makes it that makes it hard for applicants to track, it makes it hard for staff to track. And so if this were the case, something like this came to us today, I think staff's recommendation would be make the entire permit five years so that it has to come back and there's not this well the permit's good but this one particular use is not good and it, it would just make it a cleaner and easier to understand the course and i don't know if to answer this question but from 2004 up until now were there nightly rentals taking place no okay but that's something you're thinking of doing so I, I did want to just ask some questions of the petitioners. Are you anticipating advertising the nightly rentals, or how are you know how are you going to market that these are available? Well, we're gonna have a we have a website that's being built right now, so we'll probably do primarily you know our our personal website. Um, we thought about you know putting them on Airbnb when they're not when when they are available and the program's not using them. Um, but primarily, I think our personal websites could be our biggest thing. And just a couple things in terms of just understanding what you envision the nightly rentals to be. Are you allowing people to bring in pets or their own horses, those types of things, or is it going to be strictly be to accommodate people? Um, we're not allowing any pets. Or anything of that nature right now. Um, or will we won't allow that just because we have so many animals out there as there is now. So no dogs, no horses, none of that for now. Now that you know will be. And then another question I had was because you I know in reading the, the summary you did, you talked about you anticipate nightly rentals would be peak seasons summer and winter, which are obviously our peak seasons in you know Brown County. Um, is the use of the night rental? Uh, are they able then to use your room to cross country trails? Not, not right now. We weren't, we weren't to offer that. Because I know that was, I think, one of the things that had been discussed in the original permit was um, just. You know, how far were you going to expand, um, for instance, the wedding venue aspect or the nightly rent, uh, rental aspect beyond what you had indicated is the real purpose, which is the therapeutic um, and community center, writing center purpose. So you're not envisioning advertising that they have access to cross country trails or that kind of thing. No. Yeah, we're keeping it centralized at the ranch for this program um, specifically. So we don't want it. Uh, we see the impact too. You know, people are out, you know, 
acres because we have 15 acres out there. And so there's a lot of eyes on the property as it you know, always has been. So we want to keep it localized. Yeah. So my question is, thank you. Clarification. The request is really twofold. The ability for nightly rentals for these two existing structures, in addition, renewal of the ability to construct three more cabins, if I'm not mistaken. Is that part of this request? Um, well, I would say no. The cabins have already been approved. The condition was specifically was specific to nightly rentals. So the, the use of them, yeah. So I would say it's more specific to allowing the nightly rentals if the cabins have already been allowed. Um, the special use permit is an annual permit, correct? Uh, no, there are annual fees, but it's been issued for it, a life use. It, but if they wanted to do operations accepted in the special use permit, winter or summer, fall or spring, that's not, I don't see anything in terms of the original conditions that specify timeframes for the original permit. Time frames of what? Hours of operation. Is it from June to October, for example? Oh, in terms yeah. of the original permit, therapeutic uses, weddings, things of that nature. And there wasn't a restriction on that and stuff. So saying that there could be a condition where the uh, tenants of the nightly rentals, the guests of the nightly rentals, could not use your your you know winter activities, I don't think is appropriate. Is that fair to say? The special use permit allows for, for example, weddings. Mm -hmm. And if the wedding use in the wintertime, if they hosted a wedding and there were ski trails, you know, the cross-country ski trails, nothing would limit those people from utilizing the, you know, the full operations of the... It, it, it actually would because that was not reviewed during the initial special use permit. It was more in this particular area in the- It, it was reviewed for the nightly, the short-term rentals, the nightly rentals, the community center, and then the, the equine therapy. All uh, specific to this location, you know, on the overall acreage. Yeah, yeah, within that 297 acre. So, but snowshoeing, cross-country trails were not proposed, they were not reviewed, and so therefore not allowed. Uh, does this open up a use that uh, we could deny past as overnight rentals in the county? When I'm saying it's already been approved, it could be grandfathered in as a, a gray area that was, that was already been approved. That we, that so, that, so there are certain uses that allow that are allowed by the county through a permit that allows rentals. So we've got prep facilities with overnight accommodations. We've got guest ranches. We've got bed breakfasts. So if this application were to come into us right now, we would most likely process it as a recreational facility. Well, I guess it could fall under two. It could be a recreational facility with overnight accommodations or a guest ranch. So, so we do have, so I know there's been a lot of talk about Route County prohibits short-term rentals. Route County prohibits the traditional or the 
the, the now traditional sense of a short-term rental where you have an empty house with nobody there and you just allow somebody to go in and start using it without any type of on-site manager or or anything like that. This is different. So like the guest ranch or the bed and breakfast, they require on-site managers to be so that's why I believe the county has said that those type of uses are um, appropriate pending review and approval. Getting a getting a permit, yeah. And then and what's being requested here uh, is consistent with other types of applications that you've seen before. They have just didn't come through as a guest ranch and or a rec facility with overnight or camping. Um, back when this initially came through, um, those weren't options. And this this was um, either a different process, but reviewed the same impacts as we did today. That clarifies the career. <laughs> <laughs> and Alan, that does, maybe I've just missed it in here, but does uh, the original permit then somehow control that this the nightly rental aspect of this would again be reviewed in five years. Say that again. Is there a time frame? Is there a time frame on this? Because I think that's why the original one would have come up in 2004 didn't. So if it's renewed now, is it a five-year renewal review again or no? Or will it um, that that's that's not how the conditions are are set up right now. Um, and typically, when there's a short time frame put on permits, it's, it's to gauge impacts and whether it, it is an appropriate use or whether we do get complaints. And we we haven't gotten any complaints over the. But I guess they haven't used it since 2004, so we would have received complaints about this aspect of the operation. Um, but based on the fact that we haven't gotten any complaints on anything in the proximity to all of the neighboring residences, uh, staff really doesn't see that there's a need to limit this use, the time frame of this use. That's why something like this would be approved license use. And then keep in mind, you always have that standard condition of approval that if there were any complaints concerns, we can work call it back up and bring it for you to address any of the concerns. But typically those time frames um, was was an older way um, of how applications were reviewed. And typically you didn't see time frames attached to it. We haven't moved away from that because um, we have different mechanisms to bring it back in for review and concerns. But as Alan said, um, if there if there were uh, real concerns by the decision makers on any type of language application, you could always attach a time frame of permit uh, term to, uh, to But we're not going to automatically fall into the same problem that in 2004, because that isn't actually built into the special use permit. Right, it's okay. just being life of use. Okay, so now life of use now with control. Okay, sure. Any other questions? Close that section and uh, solicit comments uh, from the public. If 
either anybody wants to speak on behalf, uh, this is your time. Seeing none, I will close that uh, portion of the meeting. And then we can start a round table uh, for comments about this uh, application from the commissioners. Any comments from anybody, I guess? Sure. Oh, on that way. I think um, this is a very this is a very easy decision for me. This I can see the value of adding this to the this little bit to the operation. I can see how much this little bit will encourage um, board use of the of the facility for the purposes that it's designed for. When it comes to the conditions, I think conditions are very appropriate. Very. Um, Cover everything that I was concerned about. I appreciate questions um, from my fellow commissioners tonight. They've helped me understand um, a little bit more of, of things that I may have missed. And one of the things I really like also is um, I remember reading right in the permit that big events, um, unfortunately, you can't have rock concerts. I was really looking forward to that, that sound that could come out of that area. Um, Everything's done by 10 p.m. And that there's been no complaints um, for the history, as well as a handful of uh, public comment that was written in by neighbors. Um, I am inclined to approve this. Thank you. Any other comments? All right. Well, then, Chair will uh, solicit a motion. I motion to approve. PL two zero two two zero. Yep. Yeah. PL twenty twenty two zero 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 nine with recommendations from staff. Um, so you'll have to recommend finding of facts. Just the uh, finding of facts uh, number one is written. And that's finding of facts number one is written. And then conditions one through thirty is written. Conditions one through thirty. Perfect. Do I have a second for Linda? All right. All in favor? Aye. Chair motions as yes as well. Motion carries. Um, so I guess you guys uh, have the permits. Uh, no, this is one of the permits. Yep. Thank you. Uh, so you have a rec rec recommendation from the board to go to the planning commission. So you'll have to see, or county commission. And uh, you'll have to see it's then. his first time, <laughs> <laughs> and it worked for the city, so yeah. not too bad for your first time. <laughs> the owl's confused, <laughs> <laughs> um, but at this time, you guys don't have to stay here. Um, we're gonna be just having an administration report, so congratulations! Work hard. I think you all put more volunteers through your program. Than... <laughs> it seems like everyone is volunteering. We were up to never met our volunteers. Yeah. They talked about activities and parking. Thank you very much. Great reputation. Thank you. A lot of work.
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was excellent. That video was amazing. Yeah, so yeah, thank you very much. Thank Don't forget you. your flash drive. Um, so pretty short administrative report. Um, we have a meeting on the fifth, and we have a consolidation second. Uh, so zoning on the fifth, um, and then we're going to have a master plan update. Um, we're going to go over the latest survey, the last survey that we put out. Um, the results we got back over 820 responses to that, which we're pretty uh, pretty excited about. Um, what was that comparatively to the first? The one? first one was 900. Oh, nice. Somewhere wow. Around, but yeah. Um, and I'm you. Are you saying that you're going to do on the fifth? On the fifth. Okay. Yep. We'll present that data to you all. Um, a lot of the information we were gauging the community on was based off those implementation strategies that we discussed last. Um, just to get the temperature of the community to help you make your decisions. Um, while the master plan won't have the details of what those implementation items likely could be. For example, there's a lot of discussion about house size, um, if we should limit house sizes in the county. Um, you know, and, and a lot of you and, and the board too felt strongly one way or the other. Um, what that will do is set up a, a, a broad policy and it may read something like um, the county supports reducing energy, water, and material use. Um, so staff should explore ways to um, support that policy. I just told you that now. Um, but later on, you know, so how that would work procedurally is um, after the master plan is adopted, um, and so our, our new adoption date is uh, August, uh, so we did push that back, um, which we expected we were going to need to do because we did a pretty robust outreach process, um, and it still ties in and is in line with our DOLA grants, and we got an extension from DOLA, so, so we are good there. Um, to implement the master plan, we need to update our regulations. And that's when the real fun stuff begins. That's where you know we really discuss strategies of how to support that policy. And I'm just giving you an example because that policy may not even be something that you all uh, want to see in the master plan or the, the board of county commissioners, you know. So collectively, there needs to be consensus on, on the overall implementation strategies. Um, but we don't want to get hung up on those details right now, but we have really good data and information from the community so far, along with your input, that we can use later. But at least, more broadly speaking, we can develop and present to you some of these um, more fine-tuned implementation strategies. Having that survey information will help you all inform uh, your decision process. So that's what that looks like. Uh, so that will be on the 5th. We also hopefully will have two chapters drafted that we will be able to um, start presenting to you. So I would expect um, whether we have that on the fifth or not uh, will be based on how the 
really see to get you those two chapters. So right now our schedule looks like we're gonna um, have the mobility chapter completed first, along with the historic and cultural resources would be second. Uh, and essentially the goal would be for you all to review the draft. Um, staff will take a crack at it and make necessary edits where possible. Um, but mainly what we're going to be looking to to get right and, you know, are there gaps? Are there any things that you would like to see added? I don't expect um, a useful, like, for efficiency purposes to go line by line. I think that was the old school way. Maybe Bill remembers those days, but, um, you know, it, it seems Mostly everybody is, is pretty confident with our consultant team right now, which is why we hire consultants. Um, and we also have Sarah on our side, who is an awesome writer, um, so an editor, uh, along with staff. So um, that will be completely up to you how you want to handle that, but that will be my recommendation. You know, we can give you the drafts and you know, we are having a discussion, you know, time purposes, you know, you can have ample time to read on your own and then we'll ask engaged questions for you um, if we're willing to And so you would want that to be at a public meeting and not sent through emails or anything like that if we have yeah, smaller when, when we have to draft like I anticipate at least on the fifth we'll have like the the summary for you. It will be more of like a work session, but the entire plan will put out to public and we're thinking the best strategy for that would be in its entirety and yes it would be on our website if you have a navigator route website we're going to send it to all of our stakeholders we're going to um, you know follow back up with all our focus groups we met with so we'll have everybody give everybody the ample time to provide comments and then we'll bring that back to you so not only did you see like the draft version before everybody else sees it type thing you'll see it for a second time with comments, public comment, and it will be a public meeting type thing. So that's how that will look over the next three months. Um, we don't have anything scheduled yet. We have a, we have a bunch of applications in the pipe, um, but we are working with the applicants to get the application. So we could um, have an, uh, a meeting on the 19th, I would expect it at least for the master plan. So um, the fifth will only be for the master plan? No, the fifth will be Allen and Allen's item, uh, which is change of zone, and then it will be the master I'm sorry, plan. it'll be what? A change of zone application. Okay. That's stage 15. Uh, no, it's uh, off Larry. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that'll be on the fifth along with the master plan discussion. And then the 19th, we don't have any formal um, traditional land use application scheduled as of yet, but we could. Um, but definitely we'll have a follow-up master plan because we're going to be getting those chapters out and we'll be wanting to keep everybody in the loop. And then I expect when we have the public meetings on the draft plan, I'll try to coordinate um, and bring the county commissioners to have a joint meeting on that, which would be the best um, efficiency way to efficiency standpoint how to move forward and typically what we do is we bring them in on one of your nights so it'll be a Thursday night 
happen. Uh, but I don't know why. Yeah. Interesting. Drive a little past my house to see 